we are actually at this hotel, the Nomad Hotel, and I'm here with um, my friend Ava. As you guys know, um, here I'm mixing it up with Maggie. Um, we are actually doing this um, storytelling series where we tell scary stories from Latin America. And it's hard to find a quiet place here in New York City. Um, I always go to my go-to Barnes Nobles, but I try to mix it up a little bit, and it's just, just not, it hasn't been working. Um, but anyways, I want to introduce my friend Eva and then get started on this um, scary story from Honduras. So Eva, can you introduce yourself a little bit and give us a little context about the story? Because it's a little different. It's not a legend, but it's an actual something that happened to a family member of yours while he lived in Honduras. All right, hey guys, I'm Eva. Um, I actually met Maggie a few weeks ago at a film festival. Um, I live in Jersey, but I've been coming to New York this year to do film festivals because I want to break into the film and theater industry. Um, with my story, I had to reach out to my uncle and I asked him if there was any uh, folk stories that he had uh, from his country and he told me you know basically it's the same thing that you're gonna hear from other countries like Llorona, uh, um, the lady by the lake very similar stories so I asked him if there's anything unique anything that's ever happened to him and he's like oh yeah oh yeah definitely um, he said he's been through a couple of things but um, this one he told me, the one that he, that he shared with me was probably the creepiest one. Um, it does have a tragic ending, so, um, which I question the realness of the story because it's like, oh, too bad for your friend. I don't know if this is true though, or maybe you're just a good storyteller. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's listen to um, Eva's uncle's scary story or scary like encounter. Um, and yeah, so let's listen. Bueno, voy a compartir una historia que me contó mi tío um, de un evento que le pasó a él cuando él era joven en los 70 en San Pedro, Honduras. Me dice mi tío que hoy en día las cosas han cambiado, que uno no puede caminar solo por la noche ni en el monte ni en el pueblo porque es, es demasiado peligroso hay mucho crimen ahorita en el país um, si uno decide a caminar solo coge el riesgo de que lo vayan a golpear o a saltar pero um, cuando eran los 70 no era así um, uno podía caminar solo en la noche y no le pasaba no le pasaba esas cosas pero sí pasaban por por otras cosas eh, bueno me dice mi tío que un día en los 70 él fue a visitar a un amigo mientras su mamá visitaba a una amiga so él me dijo que pasó el día entero con su amigo eh, jugando fútbol um, pasando tiempo con él Haciendo cosas que los muchachos jóvenes hacen. A la mamá de él le había dicho, cuando venga la noche, ve a buscarme, ve a la casa de mi amiga. 
Y así fue. Vino la noche. Ya eran como las nueve, nueve y media. Y mi tío se despidió de su amigo. Para llegar a la casa de, de su mamá, él tenía que pasar por un monte. Y me dice mi tío que por el día era lindo el monte. Porque uno miraba eh, animalitos, um, miraba plantas y eso es muy bello. Um, cualquiera que ha caminado por un bosque sabe que es precioso en el día. So yo, 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 yo lo creo. Yo creo, yo creo en eso, que el bosque es bello en el día, con luz. Pero en la noche era otra cosa. O uno tenía que caminar ahí con una candela, o, o tener un foco, o algo, porque era oscuro y callado. Ya él teniendo tiempo de caminar él solo en la oscuridad en un monte ya venía él con miedo aunque estaba entrando un vecindario ahora al principio que él estaba entrando el pueblo donde ya miraba casas había una casa parece que fue la primera casa que él vio que le cogió la atención también era una casa muy oscura y abandonada y otra vez digo que en ese tiempo como um, no había no había peligro la gente mantenía sus puertas abiertas y con lucecitas para dejar saber que había gente ahí viviendo pero esta casa en particular era opósito era no había era oscura ya tenía um, ya plantas como creciendo como conquistando la casa, por decirlo así, porque no había nadie para mantener el jardín o la casa. Eso estaba oscura, estaba abandonada, no había nadie, no, no tenía vida la casa. Entonces él se, él se quedó viendo la casa, pensando él, oh, una casa tan oscura y todo eso, tan diferente a las demás. Y en eso él se dio cuenta que había una, una figura enfrente de la casa. Eran unas hojas oscuras que se meneaban porque él miraba algo moverse en, en el, por el, el moverse así. Él pensó que tal vez eran hojas de una planta, pero ya estando enfrente de la casa, él se dio cuenta que la figura era de una muchacha, de una mujer, um, y que esa cosa que se meneaba era su pelo largo era su, su negro pelo largo so, él, él vio que la muchacha tenía la mirada agachada o la cabeza agachada um, entonces él pasó enfrente de esa casa y pasó por una dos casas más y le entró la curiosidad otra vez so, entonces él, él da la vuelta y él mira hacia la casa. Él mira hacia la muchacha. En ese momento dice él que la muchacha de repente recogió su cabeza o levantó la cabeza y lo quedó viendo a él. 
So, cuando él se dio cuenta que la muchacha lo vio a él, le dio como un poco de, de shock y le dio más miedo cuando ella lo miró. Knew. Alguien le dice, hey, ¿cómo tú estás? <ríe> y es un amigo, un amigo del barrio, que él da, naturalmente él da la vuelta para ver quién lo está saludando y quién está haciendo ese escándalo. Y um, era un amigo del, del barrio que venía un poco borracho. Y entonces mi tío lo vio a él y lo reconoció. Y ya cuando se dio cuenta quién era, él quiso mirar a la casa una vez más. Dio la vuelta, miró a la, a la, hacia la casa y a la muchacha no estaba ahí. Ya la figura no estaba ahí. So, entonces él, hablando con el amigo, le dijo a él. Hey, ¿quién es esa muchacha que vive ahí, en esa casa oscura? Y le dice el amigo, hace dos años se mudó una familia de ahí. Y él dijo, qué raro, me dice, dice el tío mío, qué raro porque yo acabo de ver una muchacha ahí. Entonces le dice el amigo, eso es imposible, ahí no hay nadie viviendo en esa casa. Tú debes estar más borracho que yo. Le dice el amigo mi tío. Oh, espérate. Sí, había una muchacha ahí hace tiempo que se murió. Y por eso la familia que vivía ahí se, se mudó porque eh, pasó esa tragedia. Entonces cuando ya mi tío escuchó eso, le dio calofrío. Y, y le dio miedo y... Porque él pensó, ay Dios mío, entonces, ¿qué es lo que yo acabo de ver? ¿Será que yo miré un espíritu de ella o le, ya le entró miedo a él? Mucho miedo, más miedo de lo que él ya tenía encima por haber caminado por ese monte solito. Entonces le entró miedo porque él pensó que él acaba de ver un fantasma o un espíritu. Pero también se puso a pensar él, eso es algo bien raro porque normalmente los fantasmas, los espíritus fantasmas se quedan adentro o aparecen adentro de las casas. Si es un espíritu que vio y a su espíritu afuera de la casa bueno eh, los dos ahora estaban juntos caminando antes de mi tío llegar a la casa donde estaba su mamá el amigo de él le dice pasemos por una casa donde um, tenemos amigos están bebiendo pasemos ahí un ratito y dice mi tío ok ¿Por qué no pasan por una casa um, donde hay, parece que hay un, una fiesta? Y hay amigos y hay un poco de bebidas. Se quedan ahí un ratito y empiezan a, a tomar mi tío y su amigo. Él estaba tomándose un poquito, no mucho. 
pero el amigo empezó a tomar más y más y si sí, estaba preocupado ¿eh? porque si sí, él cuando se reunieron él ya el amigo ya estaba borracho so ahora entre más tomado eh, más peor se ponía él hay una coincidencia de, de mi tío y su amigo señora que es amiga de la mamá de mi tío o sea que las el, la mamá de mi tío estaba visitando a una amiga ¿verdad? esa amiga tenía un hijo ese hijo era ese muchacho so, así por eso se conocían y por eso continuaron juntos ellos porque iban a ir al mismo lugar son maybe las, tal vez las 12 ya y ya entonces el amigo se sintió mal y le dijo a mi tío um, ya creo que me voy a ir para mi casa y le dice mi tío buena idea um, cuando tú llegues a la casa um, si tú ves a mi mamá dile que yo, yo ya llego so, entonces ese día um, estaba había mucha calor estaba muy caliente, muy húmedo ese día so, normalmente cuando hay es un día caliente y con humedad normalmente llueve y así fue, después de las 12 de la noche empezó a llover fue en el mismo tiempo que se fue el amigo um, so, sí, él se fue el muchacho con la condición que él tenía, bien borracho me dice mi tío en este momento que ya me está contando la historia algunas veces él se pone a pensar por qué él no se fue en ese momento con su amigo para la casa eh, hay cosas que uno no se puede explicar es que uno toma y no en el momento no ve las consecuencias ya Pasa un tiempo, son las una y media, entonces mi tío se va de la fiesta, se despide de sus amigos y se va. Todavía está en este pueblo y ya está en el pueblo donde está su mamá esperándolo. Ya está como a tres bloques, tres o cuatro bloques de donde está la mamá de él. So, él se va caminando, um, pasa por casa, todavía... Y ahí él se siente bien. Él llega a la casa y él ve que enfrente está la luz apagada y está la puerta cerrada. So él piensa, ok, eh, yo creo que me voy a ir por la parte, voy a entrar por la parte de atrás porque él piensa que tal vez esa puerta de atrás está abierta y no la de enfrente. La casa de, del amigo es grande. So, um, alrededor de la casa, dentro de, del portón y alrededor hay un jardín con plantas grandes y cosas así. So, mi tío abre el portón y entra, um, va caminando y va por atrás. Um, 
y llega llega atrás de la casa y él ve a su amigo pero su amigo está en el piso su amigo está enfrente de él como a tres yardas a la derecha de él so, él para cuando él ve a su, su amigo en el piso porque él no se, no se lo imaginaba que él lo iba a encontrar así en el piso y dice mi tío que en ese momento él pensó oh bueno aquí está aquí está este borracho claro eso es lo único que faltaba que él se, se desmaye y ni, ni a la puerta alcanzó él so, entonces eh, de repente él empezó a ir como unos ruidos como, como un ruido como quejándose como que algo estuviera quejándose so que cuando escuchó esos ruidos tal vez era su amigo que, que estaba en dolor o con agonía como, como cuando uno se cae y, y hace ruidos por el dolor y dice mi tío que de repente él miró algo. Él dice, nunca me voy a olvidar lo que yo vi después. En, en ese jardín. figura él no sabe si es una persona porque él dijo yo mire no sé dice no sé si era humano no sé si era animal no sé qué era pero era color de piel no tenía pelo no tenía cabello era cabeza cal, calvo que no tenía pelo en la cabeza eh, estaba en el piso y se estaba mo moviendo bien raro no estaba parado ah, no estaba sentado estaba como medio hincado y estaba redondeando el amigo del que estaba en el piso Pero siempre la espalda de esta, de este, um, esta cosa que él miró, la espalda de él estaba hacia, hacia mi tío. O sea, él nunca miró la cara. Y él dijo honestamente, yo no, cuando yo miré eso me dio miedo. Y yo no quise mirar la cara. Y solo sé que estaba haciendo esos ruidos y que se estaba moviendo así como como un animal, como con los codos en, en el piso. No era natural. No era ni humano, no era ni animal. Él dijo en ese momento, ¿será que estoy tan borracho que estoy mirando cosas? Pero él dijo que no había bebido mucho. Eso es, es imposible. Hasta entonces él, 
este, este, esta cosa, el amigo de él, están a la derecha de él, enfrente de él, como a tres yardas. Esta cosa está enfocada en el amigo. La puerta donde él tiene que llegar está a tres yardas, a la izquierda de él, enfrente de él, de mi tío. Um, esa es la puerta que él tiene que por donde él, él tiene que entrar para llegar adentro de la casa solo que tiene miedo él ¿cómo voy a llegar a esa puerta? si está esa esa cosa aquí le entra un gran miedo a mi tío y se pone a orar se pone a orar porque no sabe qué hacer entonces dice mi tío que eh, bueno después de, de una oración él dijo voy a correr hacia, hacia esa puerta y que sea lo que Dios quiera y espero que está él pensó que tal vez como lo que él estaba viendo estaba en, en el piso enfocado en el amigo que tal vez tal vez no lo iba a ver él um, correr así fue él arrancó y corrió a esa puerta la tocó ah, trató de abrirla pero cuando se dio cuenta que no, no se podía abrir él estaba entró en pánico entonces él empezó a, a tocar la puerta bien duro y, y gritar por su mamá mamá, mamá, abre la puerta abre la puerta pero rápido rápido salió la mamá de, de él de mi tío abre la puerta y sale y le dice ¿qué pasa? ¿qué te pasa? porque tú estás gritando así y él entra con nervios y, y, y con pánico y él dice no que okay, yo yo acabo de ver algo algo muy feo algo que me asustó y la mamá de él le huele el alcohol que ese olor a alcohol que él está porque él tomó y ella rápido dice ay por favor tú estás borracho no o sea que como él había bebido no le creyó entonces um, Viene la, la amiga de ella, la señora de la casa, y le da un, un vaso de agua a mi tío para que se calme. Y, y, y así fue. Eh, él ya está dentro de la casa y cierran la puerta. Eh, como lo ven a él, joven y borracho, no le creen. Y por el estado de shock que me imagino yo que él tenía... Se quedó él callado. El tío que, mío que no pudo dormir casi nada. Vino la madrugada. 5 de la mañana y se durmió él tal vez por dos horas porque tenía miedo entonces um, ya como a las 
siete y media, ocho, viene la mamá del cuarto y entra ella bien aburrotada también, haciendo escándalo y dice, levántate. Um, ella así también gritando y él se levanta bien rápido y, y dice, ¿qué pasa? Y um, ella le dice que encontraron al hijo de la señora, la amiga que ella, con quien ella se quedó en la noche visitando. Um, esa señora, como dije yo, tenía un hijo que era el compañero de, de mi tío. Eh, entonces encontraron a ese muchacho muerto. Doña Julana encontró a su hijo muerto atrás de su casa en la mañana. Entonces, mi tío um, no entró. Le volvió el, el miedo. No lo pudo creer. El amigo de él lo encontraron muerto. Que la mamá de él lo encontró muerto. Eh, no sé no sé qué pasó como él estaba borracho tal vez tal vez él vomitó como cayó boca arriba tal vez él vomitó se ahogó en su mismo vómito o, o también la gente puede morir de, de mucho alcohol maybe tal vez fue eso o también como estaba lloviendo no sé una muerte bien triste bien fea la señora enterró a su hijo y, y mi tío sabiendo lo que él había pasado la noche anterior nunca le contó a la señora lo que él había visto mi tío nunca le dijo a esa señora que él había visto al hijo de ella la noche anterior pero que había una cosa algo um, junto a él y este 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 que la muerte o lo que él vio no fue responsable por la muerte de ese muchacho él dice que tal vez era como un guardia o, o algo algo que lo vino a recoger Vino a recoger su espíritu, vino a, a guardar su espíritu o algo, a guardar su cuerpo mientras su espíritu se iba. It's interesting that we are actually at a very lively place with this very dark story. Um, were you at all skeptical when your uncle first told you this story? Definitely. You know, like he's shared other stories with me before and uh, yeah, I always question if they're real or not. 
because he's just that good of a good storyteller. Um, but with this one, because he said he was drinking, you know, I, I was like, I don't know. This sounds too, quote unquote, too good to be true. But the death did occur. Like his friend did pass away. Yep, definitely. I think also, because at the beginning you were saying that um, he he was talking about like, oh, you know, the folklore is always the same. It's always like La Llorona and stuff like that. And I, when I was reading your story, when you sent it to me, at the beginning I thought it was going to be something like that. Because the beginning of it has like the, you know, that, oh, that, that lady. Yeah. Right. And then it kind of goes into a different into a different path (laughs) um what do you think that this story says about like well the location because he he said he said it was like near like the monte area what do you think it says about like the the location or just the the people do you think it has to do with like excessive drinking or or like having being a little bit like isolated but not that much because i feel like everybody knew each other and, like, the houses were very close by. And he was very specific about where this happened, um, which I think that this story, for example, couldn't have exactly taken place in New York because here no one really knows each other. And, like, you know, we live in this kind of, like, apartment buildings and things in in, um, in our countries, in, in Latin America. Houses are just these little tiny houses next to each other. It's much more suburban. And, um, and everybody kind of knows each other a little bit. Yeah. So what did you think about how that those things relate to the story? You know what it is? Like, it, when it comes to rural areas, I mean, I don't know if you're into that, but I do believe in, like, energies. And, and, and you know, you mentioned New York City, and there's just so much energy here that I don't think there's room for other energy forces. Again, I don't know if you believe in this, but when you go to a rural area or an area where there's lots of forest um, the energy is very low as far as human energy as far as living energy so I feel like other forces have the opportunity to come in and and take control or overpower just really you know do their thing but um so I think you know the whole mystique about rural areas there's that um and you know when you when you are drinking and you wake up the next day depending on how much you drink you question well what did i do last night or what did i see or did that really happen so i think it's both it's both him drinking a little bit but also just like i said with when it comes to like forest areas or rural areas i do believe there's the energy forces there that one can't always, um, you, you know, when you don't, you don't see. But that makes so much sense because if you ever watch like a lot of like scary movies or like the the weird ones are always taking place in this kind of rural areas where like there's not there's not there's not a lot of people, so it's more of like greenery and like maybe animals and stuff like that. And I've always been scared of rural areas. Uh, when I was younger, I used to actually go to where you live in New Jersey. Um, in Jersey, yeah, and I used to be really scared of the fact that it was very quiet in my aunt's house. She had this beautiful house, really big, nice house, and when I woke up, you can actually, like, there was, you don't hear anything. I'm like, where's the garbage truck? Where's the, fi- where's the, you know, where's the firefighters? Where's everything else? You're used to that energy. So, 
you're telling me and I'm like, she's scared of a quiet house? To me, that's, that's every day because, you know, I live in Jersey. But, um, but you, at least you get, you understand what kind of energy feel, let's say, you're used to. And then when you go to somewhere else, you feel, you feel it. You feel the vibes that are different. Does he drink now? Like, do you think that it prevented him from, like, drinking for, like, a little bit and then he went back to, to drinking? Girl, he's more of a drunk <laughs> nowadays than he was when he was younger. That didn't change anything. <laughs> I think um, um, one thing that I really liked about the story, um, I, going back to like the, you know, talking about um, Latin America and, and just us Latinos, um, uh, how he went to like his friend's house and like, his mom was there. Right. So it's kind of like the mom knew they knew each other. They were like friends. And it made me think about like where I, when I used to live in Dominican Republic, we used to be very close to like Augustinos. Augustinos were like families, you know, to the point where, you know, we would call, you know, when you had an older vecino, we would call them mama and papa, mama Vitalia, mama Brida, papa Francisco. And they were not related to us, but they take care of the of their own so if i was ever in trouble even if they're not my blood relative they would jump in and and take care of it so do you how did you see that played out in the in the story because they were they were best friends obviously but the mom also like yeah like yeah Go ahead. well yeah that's that's very common with with latinos definitely wherever you go whatever country whatever latin country you go you're gonna find that you were at the beginning i was like oh okay i was reading it and i was like oh okay so it's gonna be about this this girl who passed away in the house and probably like she was following him or, or she saw him um, and he was going to go into the house and and stuff. But, and then it just it just and then it turned to like this party story where it's like, OK, we went out to party and, you know, and it seemed like he wanted just to get home. It was like the whole story. And I think we talked about it yesterday was a going home story. Like, I just I just want to go home. It's, it's, they had he had a destination all along and he did reach it. Um, but um, at what cost kind of thing, you know, his friends. And um, let's, let's, not, let's um, talk a little bit more about, like, the actual creature. Because also in our, in our Latin American countries, we do talk a lot about death because of our religious beliefs. Like, most of us are Catholic. But then there's also Santeria. And then there's also other sub-religions where we, where we come from. And um, how... I mean, for me, when I read the story, I think it was more of like, I don't know why I thought it was the same guy. I thought it was like the guy, just spirit coming out of his body instead of an actual creature going in. But we do have like the Grim, the Grim Reaper kind of legends as well. What did you think about when you, when you got to the point when he was telling you that story? Well, initially, I, I thought, as he was telling me this, I'm like, no, this, this must be this must have been some other drunk, naked guy um, that was probably... over another drunk, naked guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> me thinking realistically, like, that eh, must have been some drunk guy. But then when he started to describe the movement, like, so animalistic in a way, and I told you, in, in the story, I say, pterodactyl-like. You can't get any creepier than that. Like, for him to have used that description, I'm like, No. Then it doesn't matter if no. First of all, when you're drunk, um, you're you're standing up, but you're also about to fall down. 
but this creature was kind of like I don't know pterodactyl and, and almost like like a gymnast in a way um, and then the fact that he just saw that creature's flesh and didn't want to see the face uh, he already knew that there was something really paranormal in front of him and he didn't want to to be honest I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see that creature's face either if I was him no I'd be like oh, okay the thing that survival instinct kicked in you know <laughs> my uncle's messed up for leaving his friend there um but in his mind he was probably ter so terrified like damn my friend's a goner were you were you raised to believe in like things like the angel of death or the headless horseman or like the grim reaper that comes in and gets you when you when you pass because there um there there are legends um in our culture besides our religious belief of like yes you know when you pass away you go to heaven and all or you know maybe you go to heaven and stuff like that but um i i i always saw that there was like a, a force that takes you from from this plane to the to the next um but this one seemed like a creature, not like an actual, like the angel of death. You see it and it's supposed to be like this calming force. But this one was like a, a much more darker force. So I'm thinking like maybe because he passed away tragically, it wasn't a happy death, you know, that this creature came to get him. What did you knew about the angel of death and like the, those creatures that come to get you when you pass before the story? Um, well... You know, my mom and my dad has always put it in a in a in a much more nicer term, like angelic, almost a, 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 an angelic creature will come down. But it, actually, they haven't. They didn't mention that a lot throughout my life because um, what I was, I did hear stories of oh, it's an angelic creature creature when I was younger. But as I got older, um, and more people started sharing uh, near death experiences stories. Um, in my family or or just stories I heard in general it, it was it wasn't a creature it, it was somebody like a relative that you would see um, because my mom I remember she shared her story when my grandfather passed away when my grandfather was in his deathbed he said little William is calling me can you go see what he wants um, but what, what he was, who he was referring to as little William was this little boy from the barrio who had passed away. So when he said, little William is calling me, can you see what he wants? People, his daughters, his family knew that, oh, he's about to, to leave because this little boy who passed away is looking for him. And if my grandfather was the only one that would see him and hear him, then, you know, it's his time. So... Um, but I also believe as I got older and I did more research, um, if this entity exists, I definitely do believe it comes in different forms. Even that creature that he saw specifically in the story, it might have not been so evil. I think, again, a mixture of terror and the... Um, alcohol and his anxiety made him think that and it made him describe that creature that way but it, 
if, if you look back, he didn't attack the guy. He didn't touch him. He was just looking at him like that. And the dead body, I guess, or, the, you know, the person that was going to pass away. But he didn't touch him. He didn't attack him. He didn't eat him. He didn't, like, you know, go all horror story on, on, on this guy. He was just looking at him. Almost protecting him, I guess. So, you know, the, like I said, if these entities do exist, they come in different forms. Sometimes angelic or sometimes abnormal looking. Um, but I don't think they would hurt you because I think they're on a mission to take you somewhere else, take your soul, your spirit, your energy somewhere else. So that's what I think of that. I think that um, also because since you were saying like about like adrenaline and already freaking out, where he, he had already seen another apparition before that now that I'm thinking about it was probably another like foreshadow as to what you were saying kind of like this in this rural area they would a door was open for other forces to come by and this this force was that young woman at the beginning um and you know like when you sometimes you have like that feeling um like something's gonna happen, but you just don't know what it is, I, and 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 that's what I felt throughout the whole story. It was just like, you know, because cause then it de- it deviated. And I'm like, okay, so he's in a party, and like he's he's you know he um his friend is, and he kept saying his friend was the one that was wasted, you know, and and then he, yeah, he said that his friend was wasted from the beginning, and um, um, you know, I feel like if my mom hears the story, she'll be like. Bueno, y tú sabes, yo te lo dije que tú ves, es una historia para que la gente no no beba mucho. Ay, y que eso amigo, en DR we call it el complinche, you know, like when when you're just like you're following your friends everywhere. So if they do something bad, you do something bad with them. Um and that's what it reminded me of, but um going back to the to the young woman, um you know, we talked about having a haunted house last week when we did um, La Casa Matusita and how also, like, en- energy is also not within a person but also within a structure, like a house. Um, so it was interesting that it started off as, like, this haunted house, this house that was abandoned or whatever, um, and then it, and it completely changed the story to okay, no, this is a symbol or, like, some sort of signifier to the end of someone's life. Um, I think it was also interesting that when he went inside the house, um, when he went inside the house, he didn't say, hey, I saw this creature. He was just, like, so freaked out. He didn't tell anybody, right? Um, Like you said, he was just, like, uh, scared. And he didn't say anything to anybody. And I wonder, like, what if if he would have said something would had the mom would run out or would it, I think they would have been like, you know what, you're just so drunk, like, we don't really believe you. Um, but I think it did, in a way, just like um, this, like, legends and, legends and stories affect us all, but when it comes to something very personal, the fact that your uncle, you know, he said, like, I haven't really told this story to a lot of people. I'm telling it to you. I told this one person, this other person. It it can, you can tell that it did have that an, uh, an effect on him for the rest of his life, basically. And he remembers, like, the time that he's, like, 
oh, I left at this hour, I arrived at this hour, and all of that stuff. Very, very, very detailed. Um, have you ever had like a an encounter of something of something like paranormal? Have you? Unfortunately, no. And I would love to. <laughs> like I wake up every day, like please, because my family is so fascinated, fascinating because they've been through things like that. Um, even my mom, she, this is a random story, but she said she went to a church when she first got to this country and she felt depressed. She didn't know anyone. She was sad. She missed her family. She went into a church and she said, she, you know, she, she prayed and all and she looked at a statue and it blinked at her. And I'm like, I can't even, I look at my creepy dolls that I have in uh, my mom's vitrina, you know, the china set. I look at them and I stare at them like, do something, do something, you know? Like, creep me out, nothing. But I would really love to encounter something like that. But you see, I don't think that, I don't think you can, you can, like, want it. You know what I mean? I feel like it's something that happens. For me, um, and going back to what you were saying about um, energies and, and souls and spirits, I guess, take different forms. They, they take different forms um my I, and i told this to my mom twice like my my grandpa when he passed away i was really young and my mom told me that i actually ended up when i saw him in the church and he had like the you know they were praying over the body that for some reason my four-year-old self like jumped on it and like was at like calling for him or something which i don't remember but um i moved in my life i moved twice and both times, I, the first night, you know, when you're in a new house, um, I remember the first time I moved, I was a little scared. Um, I was, I want to say I was like nine. And I remember that I was only at peace because I saw him in the doorway. I saw my grandpa in the doorway of my bedroom. Yes, I feel like I saw him and he was just there. He was just, he wasn't doing anything. Nothing happened. He was just at the doorway, and then I and I was able to close my eyes and then go to bed, like nothing. When I moved the second time, the same thing happened, and I did tell my mom. It was like the first night, you know, being in the house and not being able to sleep, you know. And then I felt a calm. I felt more calm because I saw him in the doorway. I saw him in the do- in the same position, and that gave me instead of it was a little different than your than your uncle's story because instead of me being freaked out, I felt at peace. So I saw like a like a peace figure or peaceful um, energy, um, but it goes to show that, like you said, energy takes different different forms. And also, like, um, I didn't have any alcohol, so I guess like <laughs> I didn't. Yeah, I guess I guess I guess so. But um, but but yeah. Do you um do you have any final thoughts on like the story and, and maybe what did you think about it at, at the end? Do you still feel like? is completely false or do you do you just want it to be real just so that you know it can also happen to you you're open to like these kinds of energies and and encounters of otherworldly or something like that well i still have mixed feelings about it um but at the same time there's a lot of things that i feel you know he's only like i'm he's only shared this story with me and his daughters and I feel that he doesn't share it because I think he has a guilty conscience. 
I think that in the back of his mind, that when he looks back at that moment where he saw his friend on the floor, he probably wanted to grab his friend. I'm sure he did. They were friends um, to save him. But because he was passed out and he was drunk himself and then his survival instincts kicked in, he, there was nothing he could do at that at that point. So I feel like he doesn't share this story because he doesn't want people to be like, oh, you're such a jerk. You're such a punk. Why didn't you do anything? Uh, also, he didn't tell that boy's mother because it, I think it weighed on his conscience like damn I wish I should have gone in there and told them maybe they would have gone out would have scared whatever that was out there um, maybe they would have saved him in a way so I feel like I feel bad for him in that sense like he didn't he didn't have the strength or the courage to, to help him um, so there's there's that too you know, now that you th that I think about it, there's a couple of meanings that are very interesting that I wanna I wanna I wanna look back at that story and say, oh, I see. This is something to learn. This is something to be aware of. Um, but again, because it sounds the way it sounds, I'm still gonna have a little bit of 20 percent skepticism about it. Like that sounds too good to be true. He probably pulled it out of a Stephen King book or something. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, mixed, mixed feelings, basically. And, yeah, I think at the end of it, you know, it, it is what you said. Like, we live in the city, and it's, it's difficult to connect with people, with things. Um, and we just have to be open and maybe not be so afraid to. Life brought us together. Well, hold on. What? We do have to be open. That's why life brought us together, you know. Yeah, and be open, be open to connections. I, I mean, you know, if you meet somebody on the train and they seem interesting, like talk to them. Like, don't be, don't be afraid. I think it's as New Yorkers, we're just always afraid of like, or very like aggressive or or protective of ourselves, very defensive, and then we don't let neither, we we try not to let bad energy in, but in that way, we also um, don't let the good energy as well come in. So, anyways, you guys. Um, stay open stay positive you know especially now you know it's coming you know winter is coming and we, we tend to like stay in our houses and not talk to anybody but um but yeah um thank you again eva and thank you for having me thank you everybody for listening and i hope you like this um this this story and stay tuned for next week our, our last story is next week so it's a good one mm -hmm.